0: Hello and welcome to Listen to These Nerds. Uh today we are I am doing a interview with uh Ennis um about uh their uh two playbooks, The Keeper and The Weapon. Ennis, uh, oh, welcome to the oh, podcast. There's
1: also the resurrected, which is my Jason Todd playbook.
0: Oh, I hmm. I somehow Oh no, the revenant, that's it. what it's called. I somehow missed that. Let me really quick go to your itch page and go download that. Um, I feel really embarrassed.
1: I have a PBTA section on my itch page. I just reorganized it. It looks fantastic.
0: Oh, oh and you also have a terrible adult stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to real quick download that. Yes, I do have that. Sorry for the, I thought I had everything prepared today.
1: No problem. You know, it's, January has been a time, and then February has also been a time, so I completely understand.
0: Yeah, and then there's that whole year we had beforehand, which was quite the time.
1: Yeah, quite the time.
0: Before we get started on any of your uh, playbooks or supplements, uh, uh, tell the uh, listeners how you got into mass.
1: So I have always been big into tabletop games. Um, in middle school, I started to fight because the boys wouldn't let me play D and D with them. I played in my first campaign in high school. Um, I had my mom like driving me to the comic book store every week to pay like this guy who set up a table at the back of the shop. And um, in college, I got into the more independent game Twitter. And into apocalypse world, and then into a lot of games using the same system.
0: and uh, when did you make the jump from uh, from uh, you know playing mask to uh, writing mask?
1: Oh, um after I graduated college, i had I got a comicsology subscription, and then I got Marvel Unlimited. And I was kind of just reading comic books all day, and I felt this impulse to distill all of the tropes and patterns I was seeing and make art out of that.
0: All right. And um, so uh, which of your um, – did you have a, a preference on whether we start with the the Keeper or the Weapon? Nope. All right. Well, the Keeper is what I've got open first. So um, – why don't you give us a, uh, your elevator pitch for the Keeper playbook?
1: So the Keeper is basically, alright, you've got this person on your team who is super powerful, they don't have their shit together, they can't control their powers, it's your job to deal with them. And it's not just your job, it's your emotional responsibility.
0: Yeah, so the uh, it, it's very much uh, kind of a, a support playbook in the most uh, almost literal terms, there's a lot of, uh, with it being a high mundane uh, starting playbook, lots of comfort and support there. Um, so, uh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh no, you go on. You were going to ask me something.
0: Yeah. Um, so, um, this is meant to specifically pair with another, uh, another person's character in, in, in the group, not some, you're not a keeper to some NPC. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. um i was I feel like I was especially thinking of the Nova when I developed this um because the Nova has a lot of moves that affect the situation, but I felt like there could be more emotional hooks there.
0: Mhm so uh, in uh, part of setting up your your character, you pick uh, one official and unofficial function to fulfill for your charge um and so the official ones are all, um, are all very much about like skills and like about uh, basically like functions you 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 could serve in a group.
1: Yeah, like job description.
0: Yeah. While the unofficial ones are more on the kind of softer, emotional side of things. Um, uh, the 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 part I, I would say the the more human of of that uh feel correct to you
1: yeah definitely like the like what they do on paper and then like what they do on an emotional person-to-person level
0: yeah the moves are are both very clear and very uh direct it's almost all of them are are focused on your charge in some way so you've got uh anything and everything all we need is each other and um uh, and, um, I, I would also say kind of Phoenix are all kind of focused on your, like, uh, working, uh, doing things with your, your charge. So you've got, um, anything and everything, uh, lets you kind of be reckless, but only like for your charge in, in a way it, uh, it reminds me a lot of, uh, like delinquent or, um, uh, or, like, reformed moves that say, hey, be a little bad and you'll get a benefit. Um, except this one is, be a little bad for someone else.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically how it works. Like, you've got this other person that you're kind of emotionally un- entangled with, and they're they're just the top priority to the point where it kind of clouds the character's judgment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that being a... Um, Kind of an enabling move for uh, if if the charge was was a delinquent or a uh, or or a reformed, uh, you know, kind of going along with their um, their more destructive tendencies.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a really good idea.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and then the the all we need is e- each other is it, uh, I, I think just uh, a very strong like tying of like the the like narrative and like mechanical sides of things in that it, it lets you defend with mundane but that's because you know mundane is the feeling stat and uh and it seems like the 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 book is the this playbook is kind of all about how they feel about their their charge so letting you defend with mundane seems like a, a really like like it's simple it's to the point it's very clear there's not a lot of uh yeah qualifiers. i felt
1: like um I felt like it was something that would you know really clarify the keeper's role in combat and like what they could do as a superhero. Um, and it, I don't think I, there aren't a lot of like use mundane in combat moves in the game as a whole. I th- I think I think.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I I I'm pretty sure you're correct. Hold on, I, I I I because I'm that kind of nerd, I actually wrote out a big chart of when you can use. Uh, like all the label relate- replacement. Hey, that's moves. awesome. I want to see. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, this is just all the stuff from all of the official stuff. But yeah, I, I can definitely share this.
1: When I was making these, I had like all the playbooks open in like different tabs and like five different PDFs. It would have been really useful to yeah. see everything in. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, so yeah, it looks like the 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 uh you know um only uh mundane replacement move is no powers and not nearly enough training from the uh from the Yeah, beacon.
1: Because, because Beacon is kind of like the mundane playbook in the original playset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, in in my playbook, the the enduring, I I, I added one for using mundane to directly engage uh it's it's a very self-destructive move because it specifically says that when you're directly engaging a, f- a foe who's more powerful than you you can use mundane but you can't uh choose to uh resist or avoid their blows
1: that's awful i love it that's so mean yeah
0: uh yeah the the, the enduring was uh was conceived for a very specific player with a very specific des- self-destructive playstyle um Oof. uh in the uh uh, in in the game I was running for for him at the time, the he was playing a beacon uh, as a as a secondary playbook to a doom to being a doomed who had lost his powers at the end of the the first uh, arc. and it didn't really fit. so i I invented the enduring forum and in the la- it wasn't quite fish until the last couple sessions of the campaign, but I said, hey, if you want to pick any of these moves uh, for your character on advancement, he's like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll take this one that'll be that'll let me hurt myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say that all of these playbooks like they weren't really inspired by specific people. Um I did have like a loose rotating campaign that I was participating in, but as a newborn um but they are very much inspired by like specific superheroes and specific tropes and patterns that I saw when I was like mainlining Marvel Unlimited. Yeah,
0: no, that's uh, I mean, so uh uh, what what specific influences did you have for The Keeper then, if you don't mind my asking?
1: Oh my god, so for The Keeper, on my itch.io page, I give a bunch of names, but it's largely Pietro Maximoff, and then I was like, okay, so who else can I pull from? Um, So that's how I got to, you know, like, okay, Jean Grey, and who's around her, and daredevil you know being like that playbook you mentioned the enduring really self-destructive and who's there trying to pull him out of being self-destructive and but mainly I I read the I'm not Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver Origins I think is the title and it has Pietro manifesting his powers because Wanda's in danger and then you know, being willing to go along with Magneto in order to protect her, and doing all these crimes that Magneto wants them to do in order to protect her. So that, like, motivation just really grabbed me from an artistic perspective.
0: Yeah, no that that's definitely like, I I definitely like can see that 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 drama that you're that you're really pulling on here. It, it's, uh, I also like the it, it. This definitely felt like a a bit like the older sibling, uh uh like a, as as a playbook. Like it, it felt like this is someone taking care of, of a sibling that, that's getting themselves yes. into trouble.
1: Like back when it was still cool t- still cool to like Joss Whedon, I was so obsessed artistically with like Simon and River Tam and that whole bizarre dynamic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh um yeah, I I actually I can see that as well. That's like definitely uh like it, it it feels like the the playbook really conveys that that sort of like relationship to to me. Um
1: Oh, that's what I was going for.
0: Yeah. Um uh I I think Phoenix extinguished like if I if I could pick one uh w- like one move that I I felt like really was uh like core to the playbook. I I feel like Phoenix extinguished is the is the one that that like when i'm looking at this i'm like if i was going to play uh play a keeper this is the the first move that's like on my list of moves to take it's so like it 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 just feels like the the it feels like a signature move i guess it's one to say
1: yeah mechanically um that was definitely the move that gripped me first i really wanted to do something reactive and something that would like adapt to how other teammates are using their powers
0: uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that the the, the trigger is, is reactive because that's like most of the the triggers in the game are aren't like that. The um, they're kind of
1: yeah, it's like uh, when you do something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the only two reactive triggers in the base game are are uh, defending someone and rejecting influence.
1: Yeah, that checks out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I especially appreciate um uh, how the like on a miss uh option is you is you still do it but at cost itself
1: yeah and i think that really reflects like the lack of concern for self-care that was something i really wanted to highlight with this playbook
0: yeah i i, I can yeah. definitely like i uh in, in addition to the nova i can also see this being really useful for both the um the bull and the transformed, because they both have... have
1: yes, absolutely. I ha- I do have the bull in my notes. It's like somebody who this works well with, but not the transformed. So that's a good point.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's... Uh, what is it? Be the monster is the, their move that lets them take an additional option if they directly engage in a terrifying uh, or monstrous manner. Yeah,
1: I can I can definitely see how that would benefit.
0: Um, I I I I think I'm missing the uh, the reference, but what where did the name avocados at law come from?
1: Oh, um, so I haven't watched Daredevil, but I have read a lot of Daredevil fan fiction, and um, the Spanish word for lawyer is abogado. Don't <laughs> I might be wrong. I haven't taken Spanish since high school, but it's. Avocado, and so matt matt murdoch and foggy um i think had this either inside joke or thing that comes from the fandom where they are avocados at law because it sounds like the word um and foggy's like he gets Matt out of trouble a lot with his with his you know like his emotional skills but also his knowledge of law mm-hmm. And so I wanted to um give the keeper to like be wise beyond their years but also to like have that specific skill. Yeah,
0: it it's a uh it, it's definitely a uh an interesting um uh, uh move because you, it specifically uh also includes uh straight up creeping as, as something that it trigger off of, which I, I you don't usually see uh like the the synergy between like playbook moves from separate playbooks like that i i, I really like that
1: oh my god something i love so much in bbta games is like taking moves from separate playbooks i think it's just such a cool way to like show the character's evolution and what they're specialized in like i had a child thing in apocalypse world who um was stuck in mother's heartbeat which is like the move where you kind of warp outside of the world and was forced to watch somebody die and after that, she became obsessed with becoming an angel, which is the doctor playbook for Apocalypse World, and started, you know, taking angel moves whenever she had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think uh, you get a lot more character um, in a uh, um, uh, when when you can show uh, like what outside of their their archetype the a, uh, a, a character interested in
1: um yeah it's so much fun when characters do shit that you don't expect
0: yeah Yeah. um uh so um i I don't know if this is just an issue with the the copy of the document you have but there's no moment of truth uh oh my
1: god uh oh my god that's why i have something on my that's why i have something on my desktop that's the keeper edited Um, But here it says moment of truth. You've spent so much time scrambling to keep the people you care about safe And now you're not scrambling anymore Because you're not just the person in the shadows the sidekick the emotional support You're a hero in your own right, and they'll know how much they need you, but maybe you could handle it if they didn't need you Um, So I I'll be writing I'm gonna write that down and I will be checking the itch.io files to make sure
0: they're updated Okay, yeah, no, that's uh that, that is, a you know, a, a really strong, like, uh, statement about uh, kind of the, the conflict of, of being a, a, a support hero and, and, you know, maybe not even feeling like you are a hero most of the time. I, I really like that. That's, that's super flavorful.
1: Yeah, um, there's this musical that I, I listened to it after I made the playbook, but I feel like it really captures the archetype. Black Friday by Starkid. Um, there's this woman, Lex, who looks after her disabled little sister. And at one point, like she she has a near death experience and she sings like, Maybe I'm wrong. She can and I feel like that really fits the keeper's moment of truth.
0: Yeah, that that definitely feels right. Also, I was mistaken. I was If I scroll down the document, I see that there is a moment of truth. You just have the words moment of truth earlier in the document with a big blank space. (laughs) I'm like, where's the moment of truth? And then I go under the team moves and it's like, oh, there's the moment of truth. Sorry about that. Uh, Maybe maybe still something uh, you need uh, to edit. But
1: but they still need to fix the formatting.
0: Um, Okay. So, um, yeah, and and kind of like the... C- coming back to that, that same theme of, of do they actually need you? You've got, the probably one of the like harshest, like share a, a triumphant celebration move that I I've seen where. Okay, right. Uh,
1: Ooh, <laughs> that's awful. Where, where you,
0: you at, where you can ask, ask if uh, they could have done it without you. And if they say yes, you're just like, ouch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you usually don't see that kind of harshness from, from, Share a, a triumphant celebration with someone. Uh, uh, that, that's usually something more along the lines of, of vulnerability or weakness. But um,
1: yeah, I've kind of um, slipped the flipped the triumphant moment and the weakness because the vulnerability or weakness is ask them if they appreciate everything you've done for them. If the answer is yes, add a team to the pool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also think it's really interesting that there's no no downside for them saying no. It's just a it, it's, you You just kind of live with that. No condition, but, you know, no benefit either.
1: Yeah, like, the way I see it is that the Keeper, like, needs to be acknowledged, but doesn't need to be appreciated. Like, think of Pepper Potts in the first Iron Man movie. Tony's like, you know, Pepper, organize my schedule, get rid of my one-night stand, do this, do that. And she's just like, fine, I will keep working for you tirelessly without ganks, because I know you need me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's uh very um yeah uh the the flavor definitely comes through spades and lit. Okay, let me real quick double look at the uh the keeper playbook notes, see if there's anything in there I wanted to address. Um yeah, yeah, you, you really uh in in the notes kind of call out that the that that the keeper is kind of a paired playbook that that's kind of meant for the Nova, specifically, some in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah, um, I was I was reading a lot of X Men's comics in my Marvel Unlimited slash Comicsology binge. I was thinking a lot about like Jean Grey and the different versions of her arc, and like, okay, so what characters would you need to have something like that in play in game? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it, I again, it's not something you usually see as a, as a hey. Uh, th- this playbook is meant to be played along this other playbook, like I mean, and we've we've definitely talked about like several other situations in de- different playbooks, but it's just like an interesting thing that like you don't usually see any it, it, except for obviously the joined where where they have to be played yeah, around I was other so obviously
1: the is there
0: yeah but but even the joined doesn't say you should really play this with this other specific playbook, so i uh, i I really like that uh. That it's just so um, like it's in in some ways like specific in that it wants a to, to be played along a, a destructive playbook which the 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 Nova is by far the most destructive playbook. Um, yeah,
1: it's kind of like a, a more emotionally unhealthy joined.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: which considering considering a lot of the stuff you can do with the joined, that's saying something. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean. The, uh, I, I would say if if like in terms of like emotionally unhealthy playbooks, like y- you've got the innocent way at the bo- at, at like the most unhealthy, and then like joined is in there, uh, doomed definitely. But like th- like the idea of self sacrifice for someone else really isn't kind of represented in a book.
1: It's it's a really fun trope. I love it when it pops up in the comics. I love like. Pietro Maximoff's just string of emotionally compromised choices during House of M, like, okay, I know everybody in the entire world, including our father, is trying to kill my sister, and I'm, if that happens, guess I'll die.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I love, I think, part of of the appeal of tabletop games is just the ability to make terrible choices with no real-world consequences. I wanna provide as many opportunities to make bad choices as I can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so uh in, in the GMs notes you, you you mentioned that uh you kind of made this as as a design exercise and uh have you heard anything about people uh playing the keeper or have you had experience putting the keeper into play yourself? <sighs>
1: No, but I would really love to see it played. I think it has. I think you could do a lot of fun shit, like in a podcast or like in one of the darker uh, playsets. Like, what's the one with like the spiders, and then the one with the evil aliens?
0: I I believe the one with the spider is, is called Spiderweb, and then I always forget the yes. one with the aliens because that's not like a genre that I'm really like personally interested in. But hold on, I. I
1: are evil, and they are taking over everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a darker um, uh, theme that was unbound, right? Yes, it was not
1: unbound
0: Iron Red Soldier. That's what it's called.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely see like like um um in a less traditionally superhero, more like darker, more dangerous scenario. The the keeper sound sounds like it would make an excellent. Uh, playbook there, um, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely like a novel writer first and foremost, and then I branched out into games. So I'm always thinking about how might work, how something might work in like a larger campaign and in that overall story arc.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to to highlight about uh, the keeper before we move on to one of your other playbook?
1: Um. Stan Pietro Maximoff.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um Okay, so uh the next playbook on my list is the uh the weapon.
1: The weapon is definitely it's the one that I made first because I was like I can't believe this doesn't fucking exist. Um it's the one that I've gotten the most feedback about people saying um I've been playing this on my group or like, it's been in my actual play or I played it like this in this campaign. And that's just really made me happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it It's uh, why why don't you give the the listeners uh, uh, your elevator pitch for, for the weapon. Before we get too much further into it. All right.
1: So, you know, the soldier playbook, right? I was like, okay, there's this, there's the obvious Steve Rogers analogy, but like, or where, where, like, where the fuck is this boy? Um, And then uh, I, I got really into Nadia, the new unstoppable wasp. And she's a girl who was like trained by the red room to be a child prodigy and she escaped. And like, she's so sweet, but like there are so many facets of life that she knows nothing about. And the arc where Natasha comes back to life and there's this room just full of baby clones of Natasha. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I thought a lot about, like, okay, let's, this is a pattern, let's do this.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's kind of, what if the bull, but taken to 11 in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, basically like comics Bucky, where he's like a teenager slash baby Natasha, who we have seen as a teenager and hopefully might get to see as a teenager in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that movie's dropped.
0: <laughs> it, I don't think so. I was looking at the, the release schedule. That's like May, I, I think.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, I mean, but yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. So uh, right off the bat, um, one thing that you, uh, you the one thing that you've uh, kind of changed here that you don't usually see a change to is the hero name, real name section of the playbook. Because most people just, you know, just leave those two things blank but you you also added in a designation and a stipulation that the hero name has is the same as the designation at character creation
1: yeah um it's a playbook that really evolves a lot over time and has a lot of potential for a story arc so i wanted to like have that show up by like being the name like <laughs> i'm sorry i wanted to it's a playbook that has a lot of potential to evolve over time. And I wanted to have that show up by like, at first having the name be a mark of the person or organization who's created them and then have the opportunity to take on something that's more meaningful for the character. Like as they maybe do things that are worthy of being named after or discover more about who they are.
0: Yeah. And then um, additionally you have kind of uh, the weapon kind of has, has, two um sort of two extras you have a a very um uh you have <clears throat> um a a kill code and then a a set of rules uh that you define early on and then uh further down you have your uh your dream which is uh a uh, kind of a a, a beacon like a, a more human more uh kind of beacon-esque uh List of, of to do for your for your character. Um, is there a, a particular reason why you've kind of got you, you, why why the 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 two sort of extras for this playbook?
1: Yeah. Um. So at the beginning, um, when I made this playbook, I was playing a newborn in like an ongoing loose rolling campaign with um different sub teams. And I really thought the newborns' lessons were had a lot of potential for character development, and I was like, what about what about what if I do this? but it's trauma? you know, I am studying to be a social worker, and we talk about like negative cognitions, like negative beliefs about the world that people have created based on their past experiences. so I guess the rules are mechanically a little like that mm-hmm.
0: yeah, um so uh when do you Um, so, uh, in the, uh, the, the section about your, uh, your rules, uh, you, there's a rule you can make to try and, like, push yourself through the rule. Once you've done that, do you have to do that every time that rule comes up, or is it, like, a one and done?
1: Um, yeah, it's... You know, I would say that's something that can really be house ruled. Like, do you want your weapon to be able to break free of their past, like, more easily? Or do you want that to be more of an ongoing thing where, like, one step forward, two steps back?
0: Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wanted to have room to interpret that.
0: So, uh, in addition to picking your abilities, you also have the uh, the weapon pick a visual mark or two from their time in captivity. and. Uh, so uh, instead of putting that in the look section, you actually made that like a, a, a choice that they have to make in, um, like in, in the abilities. Is there, a uh, was there a specific reason why, why they, they need the, this visual marker?
1: Okay. So there's this other PBTA I've been really interested in under hollow hills. And when you create your character there's a whole bunch of things you can pick from a list about their appearance and all the possibilities are really evocative and say a lot about like not just the world but also your character like a character from a play from a certain playbook who has fire for hair and bug legs is going to be really different from a character from the same playbook who has glowing eyes and wings just in what that says about the character and who they are Mm-hmm. also i just think it's a cool design choice aesthetically
0: yeah yeah no de- definitely um yeah just just looking through them like they're um there's a lot of um uh in- interesting like things because they're they're not all just physical like you've got stuff like prosthetic limb to, to basically like mm-hmm. bucky or you can have but there's also stuff like um like different kinds of scars that your characters have, but there's also behavior like analistic movement or oddly still and unblinking. The so the like it's it it's just very interesting. Like the breadth of the things where you have everything from like uh like physical uh like things to body language. Um, yeah, body language and like tattoos. It's you know very. Really interesting. I I think those are, like and and that imparts a lot of flavor, not just on your character, but on the the, the where they came from, like what they were designed. Yeah, for. I think
1: it's definitely something that can go with the character's backstory and provide some insight into okay, like what type of villain is somebody who would do this? Like what type of villain is somebody who would create beautiful child soldiers versus somebody who would like kind of do more Frankenstein?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I also like that that you can have a, like prosthetic limbs, but not necessarily have cybernetic attachments, and you, that can just, a thing a character has that, that's kind of unrelated to yeah. their powers and anything. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah, so uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, this is this is kind of the Bucky to the, the soldier's cap. Uh, it's and I like that Tasha, you really. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the, um uh, the, the thing I like about that is that you have the, um, that you have these ties to Ages in, in your your backstory question. Um, yeah, a lot of you uh, think outside have... the
1: team slash in Ages, depending on what role Aegis plays in your setting and how big a part you want to put it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just like you know the. Like you, you can see that that thematic tying in the same way that uh that you know Aegis is all over the soldier playbook.
1: Yeah, and I definitely um, wanted them to be two playbooks that worked as well together for play as I could possibly make them.
0: Yeah, so uh I, I, I also like that for such a like a, a very dark playbook, uh like you know, Child Soldiers and Human Experimentation, the the like when our team first came together move is actually very light. By comparison, like, you know, there's no, uh, what line did you cross Mm -hmm. there? Uh, you know, who did you put in danger? It's, uh, we did something as a group to decompress after the fight, which I think is just like very, very strong. So
1: it's interesting. I see the keeper as more of a, as maybe a dark playbook. And then the weapon is more of just a playbook with a, with a built in dark backstory. Like it has that list of goals like kiss somebody and go on vacation and set a boundary. It's really about like, okay, what am I going, like how am I going to the hand I've been dealt? What am I going to do with what I've been given? And I think there is like a lot of potential for darkness there, but also a lot of potential for like moving past that darkness.
0: So, um, the uh the playbook moves are all um I, I love the, the the name flavor. There's a lot of um very clear uh you know winter soldier, uh black widow um naming going on here.
1: Yeah, picking out the names was definitely one of my favorite parts here.
0: I I like from Budapest with Love because there are so few like pre-planning moves in Masks. Which I mean it kind of makes sense because Masks is the game of Hey, you're teenagers. Who needs a plan?
1: Yeah, and then like for the weapon has a lot more experience with being a superhero and with high stakes missions than most people their age. So I felt like it made sense to have a move that reflected that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely. I also like that that it, it's a um, a very what's the word I'm looking. For. It, it's a dangerous move to choose because they, there is a chance of just marking a condition straight out from from a miss.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of. Huh? There aren't a lot of moves here where there's market condition. I think the keeper actually has more market condition moves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The this one uh, is the uh is. is I mean, I, I it kind of makes sense that the weapon is less self-destructive than, than the keeper. Like it's it, like the I, I feel like yeah. the the weapon is more about building yourself up than than letting it, your uh, your obligations grind away at you like the keeper is.
1: Yeah, the keeper is very okay. This is not a healthy relationship. This has the potential to be a healthy dynamic, but it's not right now. When are you going to have the strength to? get your own life together or are you going to hit rock bottom looking after somebody else and the keeper is, and cool. the weapon is more, you start at rock bottom. There's nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah. Um, red ledger. I, I think it is it, a really good one. Uh, the, cool. for that as well, the, um, you know, uh, when you confess a serious crime you committed in the presence of an authority figure. And then I, I really like the, um, like, uh, so it, it's it just lets you shift your danger up and something else down. But the I love the 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 choices that you you're yeah. given there.
1: One of my favorite things to do when I'm playing any game, like even even something with a lot of mechanics like D anD D, is to have things that I can hand to the DM and go here, like this is the weapon you can use to hurt me with. And I think because like even. Whichever one you pick, the other two are still awful, like you killed somebody, you're in legal danger, or like somebody some vigilante is tracking you.
0: yeah, yeah, no, and, and I
1: two of those, and there's just so many strings you can pull on
0: yeah, yeah that it definitely feels like a uh like power at, at, at a serious cost. Uh, it's also um uh interesting because like while most of the their moves are uh, kind of danger-based, being, you know, uh, being a weapon. The like the 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 stat that they they actually need to kind of move on and progress and like break out of their programming is mundane. I Find that really interesting. That is a
1: good point.
0: Um, but then there's
1: also the option to come for support, somebody with danger instead of mundane. Yeah. So it's like all right, maybe not all parts of this recovering from being a child soldier thing are going to go perfectly. Like
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's definitely uh like it, it, i I just find it an interesting dichotomy that the so the the role to 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 resist their, their rules to, to break the their their programming is is mundane. But uh, none of their other moves, like a- everything else, is you know shift danger up. Use danger for uh, instead of mundane roll plus danger. Um, yeah, you know that the 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 rest of the, the 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 playbook doesn't make it easy for you to 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 you know sack your danger and bring your mundane up, which is you know danger being your highest starting.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and I sort of feel like. If I was going to write this again or edit it, I would maybe have an opportunity to, like, get assistance from another play or Rolling with Mundane in order to challenge that. But I did want to, like, kind of show mechanically that recovering from trauma and, like, defying something you've been told your whole life isn't always easy, and this is a character who might be facing some struggles based on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... I mean, definitely a, uh, you know, it, it definitely uh, feels that way based on like the moves that uh, that they have. I, again, Red Ledger is is the uh, kind of the ultimate. You you used to be a really bad person, <laughs> or you've done yeah. some really bad things. Move. Um, uh, yeah. I I also really like um Path to, to Redemption, uh, because the. The question, "What are you afraid of?" is just so excellent to give to to a player.
1: I know. I always like figuring out how moves can be used, and I feel like this would be really fun to either to like drop on somebody high ranking in Aegis, drop on the protege's mentor, drop on a villain, just hit somebody with it, and watch the <laughs> is watch the DM scramble to come up with an answer. Mean.
0: Um. Well, as someone who primarily dms uh i i will say that most of my job is scrambling to come up with an answer so yeah
1: you know and i think if the player takes that the dm would be aware that that's definitely something that can get dropped on them yeah i honestly think one of my favorite moves in this playbook is being like yeah i know these are teenagers and your character might be really young but they can drive they've had a weird childhood
0: yeah yeah i i was about to get to to Grew up too fast is the like um, I, I I just I enjoy the uh, a, a move that just says hey no like raw mechanical benefit no there's nothing like there's no mechanical effect here but take it take a car and 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 a fake ID and uh and, and just be allowed to drive around
1: yeah um. I think it's a really fun skill. Like in superhero movies, like you gotta have the car chase. You gotta have like the cool guys don't look at explosions. You gotta have the somebody jumping from a car as it crashes. And teenagers obviously don't usually have access to cars, but I really wanted to play with putting that in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Uh, Time I-, I think it kind of reflects. The sadness that is in the backstory of the playbook, because it's like people assume you're an adult. You have the fake ID of an adult. Um, If you do know how to drive, your driving is really scary. It's like, and obviously every table will have different lines and veils, but there's very much a potential for like, okay, so what happened here? Yeah. And then there's the more lighthearted situations, like okay, we have somebody with us who looks like an adult. Let's try to buy alcohol. Let's try to get into an R-rated movie.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like the potential dumbass shit.
0: Yeah, de- no, definitely. And I, uh, I again to, to reference this this mask campaign. I'm trying to, I, I will be convincing my pl- my fellow player to to uh, to hopefully switch over. Uh, we're d- the 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 theme of the campaign is a road trip.
1: <gasps> obviously you need somebody who can drive. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So the, um, uh, I, I like that the, the tri- share triumphant celebration with someone, um, has a, uh, calls out like two specific, uh, conditions that, uh, that your, your character take, uh, if they are are kind of rejected from the group in some way um
1: yeah i feel like i feel like a lot of weapons will just exist in a state of low level non-mechanical insecure and guilty and this is just what causes it to boil over
0: mhm yeah yeah no that's that's very very true um uh i on on the off chance that uh that a a weapon is already insecure or, or guilty. Would you usually let let the the condition slide, or would you just boil it over to a different condition in, in play?
1: Oh shit, that's a good one. Um, I guess in that case, just shift one label up and one label down.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't make you feel worse. Already feels the worst. Um,
1: yeah, it's harsh, but true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also like the uh the the share of vulnerability or weakness in that it's not something that kind of Um, Because usually these are are, are kind of phrased as yes or no question, you know, uh, do I belong? Did I help? Etc. Etc. But I really like that the 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 question for uh, for the share of vulnerability or weakness is how do I make amends? And it's just take plus one forward to do that. Uh, Like it's a uh, like you don't get any actual like immediate self benefit. You just kind of Get a little push along the path uh, to redemption.
1: Um, I think the weapon is definitely a playbook and masks that relies a lot on its relationships with others and on the emotional bonds that they form with other people who have maybe had a more normal life. And I definitely want to edit um, the you know rules or beliefs to reflect that.
0: Yeah, I mean. You- the, the great thing about itch is that you you're all self-published you can just pop out uh you know version two and, and just you know let everyone who's downloaded it know hey you you can come p- pick up the the new updated rules Oh
1: yeah i'm thinking you know if somebody has worked if somebody in your team has worked with you on this belief or like challenged it to your face before you can use their mundane stat
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah so the, the the last kind of part of the playbook is the 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 dreams section which is uh a very reminiscent of like the beacons drives but the thing i like
1: love the beacons drives
0: yeah same i i i have i have heard uh other uh podcasts where they just said you know what beacons drives are great everyone gets drives
1: yeah i think that's genius i think that's galaxy brain like why should the beacon be the only one with character goals and with like milestones they're working towards they're already such a good playbook like Share some of the love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And I, I also really like that there are some, like, two-part ones that are uh, so that, you know, you complete A and then you complete B. Like, the first one is confront the person most responsible for what you became and make sure they can't hurt anyone ever again. I think I like,
1: that's Um. And the other one is track down your birth family, dot, 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 and make contact with them. And I wanted to show that like these are bigger goals. They might not get accomplished over one session or even one story arc. Mm-hmm. And to reflect that mechanically.
0: Um, so uh, in, the, uh, um, in the advancement track, you, you specifically have a uh, get giving them an, an animal companion or a pet alien or robot buddy as per come on lucky why why that specific move for this play was
1: me being like hello fictional roleplay character with severe trauma have you considered getting a service dog you should it would be fun
0: yeah that that's pretty good um all right and i i think that's kind of all of the thoughts uh, i have so
1: i've read a lot of avengers fan fictions like i don't remember any of the specific titles where like i know this exists somewhere but like bucky gets a three-legged dog and i just thought that was the cutest shit Mm -hmm. i love cute shit
0: yeah um uh but yeah yeah i think that's everything that i had picked out as uh you know things from this uh from this playbook um was there anything else you wanted to to highlight before we moved on
1: um yeah the weapon the weapon was i think the first thing that i made for mask and I feel like I'm pleased that even though I made it years and years ago, a lot of it still really holds up.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely a, a really interesting um, uh, uh, playbook. I, I'm...
1: I've actually, um, it's a Patreon exclusive, but Lumply Games, um, the team behind Apocalypse World. I actually designed a playbook very similar to this for their game Under Hollow Hills. <laughs> With the main inspiration being um, Ariel from The Tempest.
0: I, I've never uh, played Under Hollow Hills. I, I'll definitely oh have to god. check that okay, out Oh my god, okay, so sometime. it's
1: this game where there's a circus and you're fairies or changelings and you like travel between the different worlds. I was a theater major and I know how to juggle, so of course I'm obsessed.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll definitely uh, go check that out sometime.
1: Um, Hell yeah, do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and definitely if you end up doing a 2.0 over, I am I would be super interested to see that too uh for the weapon.
1: Yeah, I I already see I definitely looking right looking at it right now, I see some changes that I plan on making.
0: All right, Yeah. Well, um uh if that's everything for this. Uh your third playbook is the uh Revenant. Um uh let's uh start with that that elevator pitch. Get into the, the
1: Alright, so the, the Revenant is the character who got tragically killed off and now they're back and boy do they have some shit to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as very much Jason Todd, the Red Hood. I just found that so compelling. Like he was an unpopular character, so they had readers of the comic vote over whether he deserved to die, and the final vote was so close. And afterwards a lot of people who voted for it were like, shit, like I regret killing off this fictional child, and that was just something that really stuck with me. And also, like nobody stays dead in comic books except if their death is part of somebody's tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a playbook that played around with that.
0: Yeah, I, I like the um, that uh, when uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, when you you're you're selecting powers for the revenant the the revenant gets one power from before uh they died and then one power that they gained through resurrection
1: and it's a very different set like the first one is more like beacon type stuff whereas the second is a lot of a lot of goth shit and then kind of like some stuff you'd see on the doomed
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and i think that's a real mecha- like not only a story reflection but a mechanical reflection of how they've been changed by their experiences
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's definitely uh, uh like a a very strong uh, thematic choice. Um, um I I also like the uh in the influence section uh you have a um in addition to just giving your uh influence to your teammates, you also have a a paragon of the city and a villain who always have influence over you.
1: Yeah, until you forgive them or get vengeance on them. Your choice. Mm-hmm. I felt like that really provides a way to clarify, like, okay, like, how did this character's original death happen and how does it fit into the world of the story? Yeah. And, like, what larger story is this maybe part of?
0: I, I like that uh, Blood on My Name has, is, has two different uh, effects depending on whether you're using on a, a hero or a villain.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very, it's a very angry playbook and specifically a character that comes with a lot of anger towards villains, like, and even maybe heroes, like you could use your extra question to ask, like, are you fucking happy? Mm -hmm. But I think it's a character who's been through a lot and has a lot of maturity and insight, maybe as a side effect of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I really like uh, fearless, arrogant, brash and gifted. I Thank think, uh, you.
1: That is a direct quote. I want to say, either from or about Jason Todd.
0: Yeah, it's like it,
1: just goading people into doing shit and being so angry that they're like, you know what, fuck you. I will get my shit together.
0: Yeah, like I, I, I just, I, I love the the mechanical trigger uh, of using reverse psychology or or daring them to stand up to you as a as a method of like, just bu- kind of bullying them into fixing themselves.
1: It's like okay. Life is dangerous and horrible and I'm full of spite so how can I use that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very very good. Um uh, I find it really? interesting that Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh,
1: I was going to say I really like to move among the living.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. The um uh it, that's like it again the, that's a really interesting one because it's it just it doesn't like say that this person like will help you now or will like it just kind of like inserts a person or, or a group of uh, people into the story like, like it mm-hmm.
1: you can definitely create them as somebody who would probably help you if you asked or like who would help you if you asked and also paid them
0: mm-hmm. yeah but I, I, I like that it's it's like just a, a purely like narrative creation of like there's no move there's no like role associated with it. It's just, hey, this person or these people exist now.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, very, very, very strong flavor. I, I also like that the that none of the descriptions are are like simple. There's, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just like like there. There's no like it. All all of them kind of define a little bit like what that relationship was. Um, yeah,
1: and I still wanted to leave a lot of room to say, like, okay, like, but who is this person? Like, what's my, we know what they do, but who is this person? What's my relationship with them? Um, what might I go to them for? Or are they more like somebody who I need to protect?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh, so for Beneath the Hood, I find it really interesting that, uh, that it doesn't uh, give you the option to, to clear a condition. Hmm. that like because like the the flavor like when i read it feels like a a, a clearer condition but it's but I, I like that it's specifically like it adds team to the pool or it gives you potential and i think that the adding team to the pool is very flavorful because it, it's a move that can only be done with the team and
1: just like the weapon it's a playbook that really where relationships with others can be an asset and like something that's grounding. And I wanted to reflect that. And also like, I think a big part of playing masks is that like they're teenagers and it's fun to like figure out, okay, what are their lives? Like, like even if they're not the Janus, Janus, whatever, and their regular life isn't something that's mechanically relevant. Like what do those lives look like and how can we play with them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely. Um, yeah, I I I think that's a, a strong move. Yeah, and then the 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 final move of the playbook: uh, every yep, memory a nightmare. Uh, the, the the hey, you're gonna fight the the guy who killed you at some point. Here's the move for that.
1: Yes, that was very much. Um, I'd say one of the most directly Jason Todd from Batman moves that I wrote for this playbook. I I think, like, if some, like, if you make a character with a dark backstory in a tabletop game, like, I feel like most players are going to want to beat the shit out of the person who caused their dark backstory and have that be a really significant, emotional, high stakes moment for their character. So, this is something that plays into that. Also, I just really wanted to do a move that was role plus conditions marked.
0: Yeah. You know, role role plus conditions marked is a. I think that it, it honestly could be more in things. I I, I think thematically a, a move that is more powerful the more fucked up you are is just
1: Exactly. That's one hundred percent what I was thinking of.
0: Yeah. Um skipping forward a little bit, I like the moment of truth.
1: I really do like that one.
0: Yeah, the um I I especially like like the the where the the, the passing the buck to future you. Kind of, you know. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I really like that. I think that's a, a really strong, like, like it's a strong piece of flavor to 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 just to not say you don't feel fucked up. It's no, you're gonna feel fucked up about it, but just not right now.
1: You know, it is a playbook that has a lot of anger, and I felt like it wouldn't ring true if the moment of truth didn't honor that in some way.
0: I. Moving back to the team moves, I I really like that the that the revenant is, is just like super. What's the word We're kind of needy in that they they they're just giving away influence no matter what team move is triggered.
1: Yeah, but um, it's because they start with like, oh, I'm emotionally closed off. I'm repressed. I don't feel things. I'm only going to give influence to one to one teammate, and it's like, all right. Let's see how long that lasts. Yeah. So I thought it would be a fun way to get the character to have bonds of influence with teammates because that's not really something they start with.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. It, it it definitely is. Um. Uh, oh. Um. <clears throat> so in the uh, when you share a moment of triumph or celebration with someone, uh, you the only mechanical effect is that uh, you give influence, uh. You give them influence over you. But there's no uh, mechanical reaction to, to them answering the, the question posed by, by the movie. Uh, or why, why that choice?
1: Show that this is maybe a character who cares about people and who cares about the world like more than they're willing to admit to. So like when they have that moment of connection with somebody, like no matter how it turns out, it does affect them really strongly.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's super cool. Like you um, said, kind
1: of, kind of needy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, um. All right. So I think that's uh, kind of everything. This one didn't have a uh, a GM's notes section to it. So um, is there anything else you wanted to highlight before we move on to your uh, your supplement?
1: Um, I do have, I think, in the notes or in the page on itch.io, like that this playbook would work really good for darker settings. Um, and I think that's really the case. Like there are some. Wor- like there are some comic books where the tone is darker than others. Like in some stories, like of course you would never kill off the young superheroes, but in some stories, yeah, this is dark and gritty, and there's a street named Crime Alley, and and anyone can die.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the in, on the itch page, you you call out uh, the suits from Secrets of Ages, and then uh, again uh, the spider web and uh, Iron Red Soldiers uh, from and bound as uh, play sets that would work uh, well with this character.
1: Yeah. I remember like sitting at one of my friend's houses, reading his copy of that and just being like, Oh my God, these playbooks are so dark and gritty and kind of depressing. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so are you ready to, to move on to, to yes. uh, your supplement? All right. So um, explain the, the, the premise for terrible adults.
1: Alright, so I feel like on some level, like, people who've graduated college don't, people who are adults don't automatically have their shit together. And there's a lot of interesting soap opera stuff you can do with people who are technically adults or who are perceived by society as adults, but maybe don't have like the career growth or emotional maturity that you'd expect from adults, like millennials, basically, Gen- older Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I so I wanted to do like kind of the Riverdale of masks, where there's a bunch of a bunch of potential for like messy love triangles and romantic entanglements and pillow talk that gets way too real, way too quickly, and people trying to see, you know, if their choice of partners can help their careers.
0: Mm-hmm. So the uh, so so terrible adults is is basically a uh. A list of, of, of sex moves, uh, to, to borrow the term from other PBTA games. Um,
1: I've played a lot of Apocalypse World, and I love how just the presence of the sex moves encourages the characters to get emotionally entangled, and sleep with other and sleep with NPCs, and make, in short, make terrible decisions. Like, yeah. I've been in Apocalypse World games where... There were like two PCs who had a loving romantic relationship and regularly slept with each other, and then a and then an apocalypse world game where like the PCs were all trying to kill each other, and then they had a threesome. And I think there's a lot of more adult-focused superhero media nowadays, and maybe there's more room to explore that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh. So sorry. I'm I'm just reading over these since I I haven't had a chance to to kind of dig into them yet. Oh man, the Nova's one is just so sad.
1: Oh, but that's what I love about the Nova. I honestly think like considering what its inspirations are, I mean they literally say they literally just straight up say Gene Grey, at least I think they do. Like I feel like the Nova has a lot of room to be sad.
0: Yeah. That 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 is fair. Um
1: <laughs> It was really fun like just figuring out how I could tie these sex moves into like the core conceits and archetypes and mechanic trajectories of all these playbooks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I think the, uh, so that I, the, this part of the interview isn't just uh, uh, reading all these verbatim. I, I think you've done a really good job of tying in each playbook's drama to the, uh, to to their sex move the um
1: and i think i want to that's a lot of credit to the original designers because the playbook like what their deal is is so clear that these were really easy to create yeah it's just like oh of course that's the shit they've going on that's they've got going on that's just like their playbook's whole thing
0: yeah so uh you have stuff with the doomed uh being uh able to use uh Use the, their their sex move to, to like unmark their doom track. The, um, uh, I also like that you've, uh, you have like changes to some other parts of playbooks listed here, like the replacing school responsibilities with college for the, um, uh, for the Janice and uh, uh, mm-hmm.
1: You know, I really just things might not get easier for superheroes past high school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and then, uh, like, the Beacon has, um...
1: I know, I love the Beacons, like, their whole thing is that, like, they're hyping everybody up, and they're the team player, and they're just really happy to be here, so, like, of course, they're gonna be attracted to at least some of their teammates, you know, if, if that's the way in which they feel attraction.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely... Like how how a lot of these kind of kind of act as like a, an extra team in in a lot of ways.
1: No, yeah, brings in new meaning to team building activity.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like the, the there's a lot of um, structure of you know ask a question based on the answer something happened. Um, the, um, yeah, no, I, I I just really like these. So, but it looks like you've only got the the first five additional playbooks to... um yeah
1: i guess i do where are the where are the other original playbooks
0: well uh so the i i so you've got um the reform the star the innocent the newborn joined but you don't have say the uh the brain the soldier the uh am brain is blank nomad yeah no uh the nomad the scion the Ooh. weird time traveling one I... Uh, do you definitely yeah, the, want to add
1: those, like the Harbinger? Stories... Um,
0: yeah, so all, all the those other, you know, the the ones that came out in the later books. So, it, is that something you're you're you want to do eventually to to include yeah, now that all you've of these?
1: mentioned it, Sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Something else for the for the to do list.
1: Something else for the to do list.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I just I'm I'm just <laughs> looking through these these and uh they're, they're very good um i again i unfortunately i don't know if there's a great way i can highlight these without just reading them off verbatim and then if i do that then nobody's gonna buy them from you, from you so
1: yeah well i think it is free to download but i i do understand you know you, don't might, you might want The you might not want to read things verbatim on your podcast
0: yeah um
1: but for a uh, lot of these, they were just so obvious. Like, of course, the Outsider's sex move would be about their weird relationship with the planet Earth. Of course, the Bull would be, like, your love or rival. Of course, the Janice's whole thing would be about how they're living a double life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do like that the the Janice effectively has two separate uh, moves based on whether they're in their hero persona or not. Um.
1: I mean, like, you've got that very iconic image of, you know, Spider-Man doing the upside-down Spider-Man kiss with Mary Jane. And I feel like being a superhero and having that secret to keep really brings an emotional layer into that that wouldn't be there otherwise.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also like that the, the Transform doesn't specifically... Um, their, their move doesn't specifically say that, uh, that the point is to be more human or more monstrous. It just asks whether the, the whether feeling, um, uh, it, that whatever the answer is, whether it makes you feel good or not, I think that that's a, a very strong choice as well.
1: Something I wanted to give the player freedom to decide for themselves, mm-hmm. because like some people I know do definitely play transformed that are more about accepting the bodies they're in and leaning into what makes them different, and I didn't want to come down as giving a judgment on which way is better
0: yeah no that's uh like really strong very good um yeah are, are there any other moves you you feel like uh you'd like to spotlight before we finish up
1: the joint like when you have someone with sex with somebody who your other self i might change this to would disapprove of in the next edition like cross off a bond and mark a distinction like obviously you're growing apart as you're getting older and as you're making different choices Mhm. Yeah. Like if we think of, you know, the Maximoffs again, it's like I'm a hook up with this robot, you can't stop me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a a relationship that's coming main that's become very mainstream in the last uh, couple of weeks, huh? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um all right. Well, uh definitely uh interesting. Definitely something you should check out if you want to play uh, Masks uh for young adults rather than for teens uh I, um, uh, all, all, like, all of the, the flavor on these moves is really great. And if, like, sex is a thing you want to add into, into your game explicitly, I, I would definitely suggest, uh, checking this out.
1: So, you know, 18 to, young adult superhero interns. That sounds like a fun concept to me.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh. I guess uh, my next question is, other than uh, all of the things we mentioned on your to-do list now, uh, do you have any other uh, plans for Masks or other games uh, coming out soon?
1: Yeah, so my friend J. Dragon put out this amazing game called Wander Home, where you're like adorable animals venturing through this, I don't want to say Ghibli-inspired, because that's very specific, but it does have like kind of a lot of the same vibes, um... And there's a playbook I'm thinking of making for that Also right. at some point I really want to. Ad- I would love to adapt my venom playbook for Apocalypse World for Mass.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean I, I know that the there, there are definitely uh, some takes on that already, but the uh, I, I think that uh, that a variety of choice is always helpful, uh, especially in a community that's as creative as, as the masks one is, I, I definitely uh, look forward to, to seeing more, more playbooks from you in the future. And if, if you ever want to come back on and, and talk about uh, a project, just uh, let us know. Sounds awesome. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, where can people find you online? If you would like to All be right, found. So
1: my Twitter is at Rook the bird and my itch.io where you can download my work is Ennis Rook. That's, E-n-n-i-s-r-o-o-k dot itch dot io. Um and I have a newsletter. It's tiny letter, tinyletter.com slash. Blah, 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 blah. Um, tiny com slash Rook the Bird. Um, I've got a novel coming out, you know, sometime in 2021, hopefully. And it's going to be about sad petty teenage lesbians who have to work together to save the world and make a bunch of terrible decisions so if that's something you'd be interested in maybe consider following me on social media
0: all right well um yeah uh while we're not really a a a fiction-based um uh podcast uh we'll we'll definitely love to have you back at some point to talk about more game design things
1: I just when I have a book out I default to hyping it up in any circumstances, you know.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like no de, uh, no shame, you know. The 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 whole point of this is to help uh help people from the masks community self-promote and honestly, I might go check out that book.
1: Um and I'm you know, I use my itch.io a lot and I'm regularly putting out like weird little sh- weird little things like I put out a table of a d10 of nasty shit that my cat does.
0: Um but yeah, we'll have uh have links to all all of that uh uh, uh in the description uh for if you want to check out any of this stuff. Uh thank you once again for for coming on and
1: uh my pleasure. Well, I I love talking about shit.
0: Yeah, and I I hope that uh, when your next uh project's uh, ready to to be talked about, you'll come back and we'll we'll have you on again.
1: All right. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Yeah. Thank you again for coming on. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listen to these nerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTN cast. All our music is sourced from incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.